Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Hello, Maggie. Hey, how are you? I am good today. I am good. I am, for those of you who are just joining us here on the Pointing It Out podcast on YouTube, I am Megan Holmes, and I'm usually at my store, which is just outside of the city of St. Louis, but today I'm filming at home because it's very nice and quiet here. Um, and But together with my pal, Melissa McLeod, uh, who is not doing this interview, but she does some of them, we uh, started this Pointing It Out podcast. Um, I think we decided it's been, so we're in 23, it was sometime during 2020, and um, so we've been doing this for almost three years now. And what we do, if you're, again, if you're just coming to us for the first time, is we find very cool people in the needlepoint industry to talk about all things needlepoint. And today I am super excited to have Maggie. Typically, I would use um, first and last name, but I'm not going to lie, girl, your last name stresses me out. So introduce yourself for me, would you? Sure. Uh, <laughs> my name is Maggie Fajerdi. Bajerdi. You skipped French? all the vowels. French, Armenian, Azerbaijan. <laughs> yeah. <I'm done. laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I know. So, uh, and I am the owner and founder and designer at Love MHB Studio. And I'm going to take a wild guess and say that MHB might be your initials. It is. I gave my oldest daughter my middle name of Marie when I got married, and I took my maiden name as my middle name for heck. So heck, heck to Bajerdi. <laughs> that know. was a bit of a turn, uh, but that's all right. So uh, love MHB and uh, love MHB. Uh, the, the way that I was introduced to Maggie was via Instagram, which is a kind of the way a lot of us kind of connect in the Needlepoint community. But I had the really great opportunity to talk to Maggie more in depth at our, both of our first, um, market as exhibitors. And so, uh, gosh, was that about a month ago now? Yeah. I'm trying yes. to remember. Yes. Right about four weeks ago. <laughs> so you started exhibiting at, uh, just as, um, by the way, a wholesale only designer, which thank you as a brick and mortar <laughs> owner myself, we definitely appreciate that. But, um, so, but let's talk more about sort of your needlepoint journey. Doesn't right. that sound serious. <laughs> so when did you start needlepointing or did you do you needlepoint? I guess not all well, I do. I okay, do. I was say not all needlepoint designers actually needlepoint, but so you do, do needlepoint. Needle I started, let's see. I grew up in Kansas, uh in Lawrence, University of Kansas. And Rah, my, Rah, Midwest go rock rock chalk. Rock chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom actually owned a needlepoint store. Yeah. Decades ago, decades, decades. And for me, it was short-lived. I know that she owned it longer than I knew about, but as a kid, I only have like little flashes of it. So I did learn to needlepoint at a young age, but I really didn't like it. 
I, I gravitated to cross stitch because the canvases that I was learning on as a kid, they weren't stitch painted or hand painted, you know? So like I was really, I wanted to make the right stitch in the right place and I couldn't do it. And I just, whatever. Whereas in counted cross stitch, it's very precise that's on me. Yeah. <laughs> that's on me. If I make a bad stitch, that's so right. I did that forever. Um, her store had needlepoint and cross stitch and quilting, like a lot of fabric. And so okay, we need to back up because I have a sneaking suspicion that some of the people watching might actually predate us in the needlepoint industry and may actually know a little bit more about your mother's store. So what was it called? It was called Stitch On. Stitch and it was on Mastery on like the main street. And downtown, that's in downtown Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. And so what well, approximate was that in the 70s? 80. No, it's probably 80s, early 80s. Okay. And I want to say, I mean, it it's still around, but not as a storefront anymore. She sold it to her name is Leslie, who ran it in the same location for a number of years. I mean, really until maybe the last five years or so. And now I think they closed the store, weren't paying rent and are running it out of maybe her home or like a, a home studio, but I'm not sure what, I think they really gravitated and went more toward um, quilting. I'm not sure though. I know they sell, okay. you know, yeah. It's okay. This is not about your mom or your mother's <laughs> Just know that this will be of interest to some of our viewers. So yeah. thanks for indulging us, but that's so, that's so interesting. So, so you are about what age when your mom... I want to say, let's see, because I have, you, you always put your initials and date in the corner of, right, as of cross-stitch. So. You do in cross-stitch. You don't always in needlepoint, but we no. should, right? I know. I have everything that I have finished. I have my initials and date on the back so that I know, because my mom did the same. And it's fun to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I stitched this. Like I have a pillow from 1978 and like wonderful things. So um I want to say she still had it in like 85 and I was, I probably started, I was born in 78. So like, I think I started stitching around seven. Okay. That's good. My yeah. daughter is 10 and she's just really getting the hang of it. And is like, yeah. so, and this like, is harder than me. This is hard. And it's, yeah, it is funny. My mom did frame a lot of things of ours because I have two younger sisters and over the years, and there is one that she framed. And I wanted to ask her if she knew that there was a mistake because like the three, the curves of the three ones, like <laughs> I missed just a stitch, but I love that she did that because like mistakes happen and it's still, oh, yeah. it was a good experience. Like it taught, I didn't do that like, again. Like it, it taught me how to do it. So, so you didn't uh, love the needle. Pardon me. Go ahead. I, no, I did the cross stitch forever. Um, really until like the past five years. So you started cross-stitching, you went, you grew up and went to college in Kansas. I did. You stayed in Kansas? I had an internship my senior year uh, where at the J school, you could preference, I don't know, one of like 10 or 12 cities and they would coordinate an internship with an alumni over the winter break. Got and it. I don't know why, but I preferenced New York City <laughs> and got it. And went to New York City for two weeks, uh, my senior year. And when I came back, um, I finished my journalism degree and had a French credit to do in the summer. And one of my friends who had moved to New York, her roommate uh, had gotten transferred to London. And she's like, I have a spot open in my apartment. And I was like, well, I don't know anybody else, like anybody anywhere else 
with work, my work experience was here in those like two weeks. So I was like, yeah. okay, go. And so I moved there. I think I'd be there for a year or two to get some great New York City experience and move back to the Midwest. And then after a year, September 11th happened. Uh, and two months after that, I met my husband. Wow. And, and so, so said, by the way, we have that connection. So I have a journalism degree as well. And I graduated just after 9-11. Okay. And, um, but anyway, so I'm like, I'm feeling like we're all, like kind of vibing here with the yes. same experience. But so <laughs> what did you do with your journalism degree or did you? I really did. It. A little bit. It got me to New York City. Like um, at the time we joked that like I moved to the city in 2000 and they were just like handing out jobs. Like, <laughs> oh, you can, you can work. Like, here's a job. What yeah. You don't like that one? Here's another one. <laughs> like. So I got a job within two weeks of being in the city and, uh, it was an editorial and I was medical editorial. I don't even know, whatever. It was a paying job right. and that, led, that led me to kind of working on marketing materials within a design within time Quark express. And I knew how to do that even from editorial because of my journalism degree. And so I started playing with that and really enjoyed the design part of it. So then I went back to school at night at Parsons for graphic design nice. and worked during the day. And it was a very tiring couple of years. Yeah. But, it was <laughs> but um, if you're anything like me, you had way more energy back yeah. at that well, time, I had 20 plus years ago, right? <laughs> I, my, my time was my own. <laughs> All That's of exactly it. Right. So oh. you said you met your husband who is, is he from the East coast? Is that He's from the Boston area and he worked in finance and we were both, I mean, I was working in design in the city and he was working in finance in the city. And that was a great place to be for both of those industries. Yep. Uh, and we just kind of lost track of time and got married there and had our kids there and then moved out to Connecticut. COVID broke me like having kids in the city. So we moved out here almost three years ago uh, with my, let's see, my oldest was 13 or 14 at the time. Okay. So I was about to say, so you're coming to us from your studio in somewhere in Connecticut. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so you, you just said your child was 13. So are you, are, did you have your children? No, at the, so now I have a son in high school and an eighth grader. So next okay. year I have both of them back at the same school. So at some point it sounds like perhaps you walked away from those both either edit, uh, journalism jobs or, or did you ever have a, an actual graphic design job? Okay. All right. Yes. So I, once I left Parsons, I interned at Teen Vogue and then was hired freelance there for a little bit. Um, and then my instructor at Parsons was a designer at Martha Stewart. And so I, he recruited me over there from team Vogue and I worked at Martha Stewart on everyday food magazine. It was a little yeah. digest magazine. It was my favorite thing ever. And it was just funny. I think he was over at my apartment. Like we had a holiday party and I just had them all lined up before I started work from him, working for him. And he was like, Oh my God. <laughs> This You're is such a niche why, why do you have all of them? I was like, I love them. They're so cute. And so he hired me there and I worked there until I got pregnant. And then when I had my daughter, I left. My husband had a very long, high stress job that would not likely allow both of us to work. Gotcha. And I 
So do you like to cook or was that just kind of? I love to cook. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was like, it was everything coming together, like graphic design and editorial and cooking, like at our office, my office was like just down the hallway from the test kitchen. It was. Oh man. I was going to say, so (laughs) what a time to be alive. (laughs) You didn't just think the book was cute. You also enjoyed using it. So there's. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it was because it was super user-friendly for like, I mean, I was late twenties, early thirties. So I didn't really know how to cook that well. And I just thought it was like, okay, I can do this. And they made it very easy. Awesome. So you stayed at home with your children. Did you do any work during, I mean, or volunteering or did you do anything? Not really. What? Like, which is a lot of work in itself. What's that? Raising kids is a lot of work in and of itself. So it was, uh, and in the city it's very, what am I, one of my friends is like, it's very physical. I was like, yes, it is. Because you have like one kid strapped to you, one in the stroller, and you're getting on the bus and you have the groceries. And yes, but I did, um, I designed their birth, all their birthday invitations, anything that the school needed, like stickers for teacher appreciation. Like I, I tried to, I tried to make, to justify keeping my, um, InDesign and Creative Suite. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so that's interesting. So you have all of that. So you are doing some designing. And then at all during this time, are you picking up Needlepoint or? I'm cross-stitching, still cross-stitching. Okay. And Cross-stitching like with my chart and my hoop in the radiology department, getting my sonogram. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know there was an easier way. easier, but not less expensive. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, you know, cross-stitch is great. And I like it for a lot of reasons. I think it expands your brain. It's a little harder, but needlepoint is like the luxury needlecraft. It's all pretty much done for you. And then you put the stitches on top. So, um, so you're still doing needlework and then, so how, how do you stumble into creating needlepoint canvases? Well, so with my graphic design degree and being home with the girls, I thought for a little bit that I might design cross-stitch and do some other things. Like, because at this point, like my entire life has been on a grid. Like I've, I've done cross, you know, like I've worked on a grid forever. And so I don't know. So hold on. I want to tease that out for just a second. So even, I don't know if people might not understand this, but even designing magazine in boxes, right? Text boxes, graphic boxes, like, yes. yeah. Yeah. So you're doing that forever. Totally your whole life has been in a box, Maggie. In a box. <laughs> On canvas now. Yeah. Uh, so I did. So I kind of got to a point with cross stitch where I wasn't seeing anything modern and new. There are, there are some lovely um, designers and I just kind of felt like I'd run the gamut with that. And so I think I was searching up like modern cross stitch or something on Google and a kit from unwind studio, um, came up. That was the, I mean, I have it, it's horribly warped, but it's like the oranges We're just like, Oh, I wonder, okay, I'll try it. Cause it's needle point, but like, I'll try it. Cause it's a kit. It's all done for me. And I think it was like 60 bucks, which right. is. That's a nice price point. And easy mistakes are easy to make at that price point. So uh, I tried that and just took it everywhere. You know, it was just like, I can do this. Any, this is fantastic. It's so portable. I could do it stitching in line, waiting for the kids during PT for my dad. Like it was great. And so I was like, oh, and the more I looked at it and did it, I was like, I could probably design some new stuff. Like, because I, I want to see, 
I mean, I didn't, I have a notebook full of like, once I went down the rabbit hole of needlepoint design, you know, writing out all the designers that like, who, who carries this and who designs like this. Cause it was a totally new world to me that I didn't know who any of the players were at all. Any of the designers, stores, fibers, like, yeah, it was, it's a, it's a thing. So I'm sorry, maybe we already just covered this, but so how yeah. long ago was that when you got the unwind kit? Like, are we talking um, five years? like two years ago, two years ago? Okay. I, after we moved out here. Okay. Okay. Right after COVID is what you were saying. Yeah. Oh, right yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I did not pick, I hardly did not pick it up during COVID. I, it didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I, was I think you're one of, I don't know, zero. I, know. <laughs> I was too busy, like doing in-home gymnastics with my daughters on their zoom right? call. and running school. like school. I know. I get it. I get it. No, I'm, I'm that out. I don't even I feel, remember. I feel like of all the people I've interviewed and anybody who has picked up needlepoint in any recent past, yeah. it's been, I picked it up because I was bored during COVID. So it's kind of refreshing to hear Maggie that you did not. <laughs> I, did not. I didn't, wasn't even on my radar at yeah. all. So I picked it up out here. So you find this unwind kit, you start mm-hmm. um, kind of the wheels start turning. And so uh, we are only two years from that point. So tell me the rest of the story. So you so then, to try to design. So then I started, I mean, I, I didn't know about Mac stitch yet. So I was kind of looking at some, trying to figure out how I could do it in software. And I was really thinking of like, well, I could make a grid in like InDesign or Photoshop, you know, and start like plotting things, but I'd always done cross stitch on graph paper. <clears throat> so I want to back up there because um, our audience for this podcast is kind of vast and it's not all full of people who are familiar with the, um, technology related to designing needlepoint. And so um, what Maggie's talking about is that there are some design platforms that allow designers to kind of like, I I don't know how to say it, like click your way through a design, right? Like sort of little squares. Um, And and so when you say Mac stitch, that's kind of a widely used product among a lot of, um, I I can say more modern designers. I mean, a lot of the people who have been in the industry for a super long time are literally um, you know, paint to canvas, yeah. charting things out and whiting things out and doing that. And some yeah. people um, draw something on a piece of paper and trace it. But what you're saying is your process really is um, using software. Is that yes. fair? Okay. I started using graph paper. Okay. Then, I mean, I, I, cause I use that all throughout cross stitch. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I have that and I, it just, it got very frustrating erasing and like all the time. And so um, once I found Mac Stitch, which there are a lot of, Mac Stitch is a desktop program. So I do it on my computer. A lot of people have their apps and other things that people use on iPads with Apple pencils and things, but I'm, I'm still drawing with my trackpad on on Mac Stitch because it's intuitive for me. Oh, that's interesting. So you're yeah. that's just kind of how you're used to functioning as yeah. far as graphic kind of design setup, I guess, is a, yeah. So I do that. I mean, I, I have things in my head of how I want them to look, and then you have to see what the capabilities of what are, what the capabilities are when you work in a grid and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So right. I start with max stitch and then I can, you know, take the magic eraser and erase it all and start over or erase that dot or that intersection and, and go from there. So you've never, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is you've never used any other media for art. So you're not a painter, you're not a um, sculptor, you're not, it, it's been fiber art and it's been media art, uh, uh, 
electronic media art, excuse sure. me. I mean, screen print, anything that we did in design school, like screen sure. printing and those things, sure. But like for the most part, I've worked on the computer and um, I guess not painting. No, pretty much the computer. <laughs> do you paint your masters then? Or is it all electronic? You do. Okay. So talk to me about how you, so you start designing and then you're like, well, wait a minute. I want to see if this works or I want to know what color I'm putting on the canvas. Is that kind of how yep. that process goes? So I paint mostly from bottled color. Like I, I can mix my own colors, but they're unreliable. And I almost always mix too little so that I can't, I get halfway through a design. I'm like, well, the rest of it is going to be a lighter pink because I didn't. <laughs> so use your imagination. I do. I paint my masters mostly so that I know like technology is only as good as the user and I am copying and pasting or like a lot of my designs are symmetrical. So I design like one side of it and then flip it and, you know, stitch it together or, you know, glue it together on the screen. And when you do that, sometimes you miss a stitch or a couple of stitches or a section. And I like to paint it because I, I take a screenshot of the design print it out on like I have a binder of my printouts and I paint it and then I can see like oh crap like he's missing half his mustache which you can see or you know like or especially when you send the files to the painting houses you want to make sure that all of your colors are right and like that's why I, I paint my masters and also just so I can see the size and see that what I see here is what I want to see here gotcha. and yeah so something that I'm going to bring up that, um, so when we were at market, um, mm -hmm. Julie and Megan <laughs> took a great liking to your designs and to you as a person, and they came back and they were so excited about all your work and something that one of them said, I guess you must have said to them, which is you actually purposefully used, I don't want to say limited color, but a limit, a, a palette that works for multiple designs, because then a person could have that color in their stash and stitch multiple of your designs. Am I, am I telling that so, story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the Christmas, all of my Christmas rounds were designed within probably a 10 to 15 color palette because I, I think one of the things that turned me off also from needlepoint initially, like when I was a kid was I, I don't, I think my mother calls it like color tension where like there are three purples right next to each other in an intersection. Oh. It's just like, mm -hmm. no like shading is what yes, I was shading. Shade, yeah. I mm, shading. I'm not your shading girl. It's not my wheelhouse <laughs> at all. So I want <laughs> marked yeah. lines. And so with the uh, color palette, I really wanted you to have what red do you like? And that's actually how I approach the design in general when I go to color match a canvas, uh, when I buy my friend's canvases, I'm going to pick the teal that I like, not the one that if I hold next to the canvas is an exact match. Like I like, and I, I know that not all stitchers like that. And there's a little bit of frustration because they just, they want it to be the right way. And there really is no right way. Right. And so I thought that if you could pick a pink that you liked a red that you liked a light blue that you liked and a navy you know like something because it could be admiral or it could be classic or it could be something else mm -hmm. but if you bought those 15 skeins you could stitch all of the rounds because also like the rounds you don't need a whole skein you don't need a full skein correct yeah oh, I just thought that and then when they're hanging together 
they all look nice together and, and they play off of each other. So that was the intention there. I think that's really interesting. And so are you going to kind of continue designing that way, do you think? Or are you going to? Yes and no. I don't know. I think about it from an inventory standpoint also. <laughs> it was like, how many different versions of one thing is reasonable for me to carry? Well, sure. And then so you're kind of, um, I think what I know of your line is pretty like Christmas heavy, but what if you want to get into Halloween? Well, all of a sudden you're going to have to introduce an orange, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, my entire line is not all within a couple of skeins. It is just Christmas. And just really Christmas. Christmas. I got you. Okay. Yeah. That clarifies that point then. Got it. <laughs> got it. So yeah. you're developing inspiration from where? From things that you thought were missing or like things that you just like or where? So mm-hmm. for example, your nutcrackers are darling and they truly are. Uh, do you have one? Do you have one for us to pull one over in case? Yeah. Oh my God, he's so cute because I'm obsessed with his little mustache. Oh, he's so cute. And so, um, yeah. so you have him and then a friend and then they're yes. also smaller in rounds too, correct? Yes. Yep. So, uh, and honestly, there's a lot of needlepoint designs out there. There are a lot of nutcrackers out there, but yours do look to me a little different, which I think is great. It's fresh. Um, Mm -hmm. And so where, what, did you see something? Did you just have them in your head? Like, where did you find them? With the nutcrackers and just in general, like I, well, I used to, I mean, and I still do, like, I do get a lot of uh, inspiration from things I see on Pinterest or out shopping. I, we have a gorgeous store terrain, which is part of like anthropology, but it's like their plant thing. Yes. And I would say that my husband and I still share an Apple ID like for another like two weeks. And I, I think he's like counting the days so that he does not have to share my camera roll <laughs> because it's just, it's obnoxious. It's really, but everything I see, like whether it's a color palette or how this, like, I'm probably mostly drawn to a lot of Scandinavian design as well. And clean lines, limited color palettes, like, because when I started needlepointing and really until recently, I would say the market pushed me to be a very decorative stitcher. Mm -hmm. Um, But prior to that, I was just getting like basket down (laughs) and I really, I get frustrated when there's too much in my, what I think is too much compensation because I really want like a good amount of space to open it up and, and do some fun stitches. And when I'm constantly, I will say that I'm also, I do a lot of typography. So it's kind of like shame on me. <laughs> like I say that, but also you're going to compensate around a bunch of letters for me. Yes. Um, so I get a lot of inspiration from things I see and, um, whether it's online or out in nature. Um, and then within the design world, and even as a graphic designer, typography is just something that I've absolutely loved since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do it well on a grid. Yes. And I take that responsibility very seriously. (laughs) So I don't want to push the boundaries too much with um, type. So that's something that if I can't do it right and I can't, you know, um, I don't know what the word is, be authentic to the type designer, um, the integrity. If I can't maintain the integrity of like the letter forms, then I'll move on to something else or 
So when you say, when you're talking about typography, I think yeah. what people might not understand is what you're talking about is a font yeah. on a needlepoint um, canvas. And so, you know, to your point, like sometimes scripty fonts don't do what they're supposed to do on a grid. Um, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of fonts that we see. So we get asked to do painting on stockings a lot. And so we have kind of our like a name. So we have kind of our standard fonts that will work or ones mm -hmm. that, you know, are able to kind of draw from. But um, I, I think you're right. It's hard to come up with new ideas in, in that typography space because there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do in different amounts of space. And and also, are you designing mostly on 13 count or am yes. I? I have okay. almost everything on 13 count, uh, two or three 18, which you'll get a kick out of this. The very first thing I ever designed was on 18 mesh. The very first thing I ever painted was on 18 mesh. You I had it? What is it? Oh, it's right here. I want to see it. It's well, it's because, okay. Oh, it's so cute. It is, but it, I just was like, oh, I can do this on 13 mesh. <laughs> because, there's, not, like, because it's so relatively blind. simple. It's got it's just straight. Yeah. You don't need a whole lot of design detail. Is that in your line? Yeah. In a different colorway. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't recognize that. How yeah. Cool. No, I did it uh, in the, uh, I call it the classic color palette. This was the kind of fun and funky one, but yeah. So yeah. once I figured out, like, this is probably easier because it's a sans serif, like it doesn't have the feet Correct. And mm -hmm. stuff that, that can get in the way of a grid that's not so friendly with the grid. So um, the other type typographical yeah. uh, designs that you have yeah. <laughs> would be those that are the coasters, like with the. I have those too. Eperol and the right. Am I okay? Let's see them. Oh, have you got them finished? Also, yeah. oh, you. They're so cute. They like they have this little acrylic foot. Oh, cute. And, and then, then you actually take it off. Yep. And um, then it picks. What a great idea. Um, so yes. So this is Mark. a great example of like, this is the size that this has to be. I can't go much smaller on these letters. Yes. Otherwise this bubble on the R gets funky and the foot, the S, especially right there. So that's what I mean when I say the type graphical integrity. I wasn't sure if I was making up a word there or um, if that really word, yeah. <laughs> either way, the typography on your design. So show, show those again. So you've got rosé, spritz, marg, cute. Spritz. Oh, this one seems to be a little bit obscure. I'm a big fan of pins because you just, it's just, once you figure out that it's just a lemonade base, <laughs> then it comes together very easily. What do you, so that's, is it called a pims cup or what? What is in a PIMS? It's just PIMS? It's just PIMS and lemonade and fruit salad, basically like a cucumber, strawberries, lemon. I don't know that drink that well, but it's darling canvas. So I wish I did know it. <laughs> I, it's funny at market. I was polling people. I was like, what do you want to see next? Like what? Oh, and I do have the bubbles is come is, was part of the pre-order. So, um, oh, is that in the small? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a four inch square. Okay. The one I'm that I like is the, um, doesn't say bubbles for breakfast. Is that the one? Yes. And that's a similar font. I yeah. think. Yes. I find, yeah. Okay. Yep. So you, 
drew some inspiration from kind of like the things you saw around you, things that you yep. thought were missing. You love typography. So tell us about like what's coming next. Like what are some other things that you, I mean, you don't have to give us specifics. We do love sneak peeks here on the Pointing It Out podcast, but you do I mean, not have to sneak anything. I didn't give you a heads up on that. But are you going to kind of continue down your like cocktail thing or is there a new category or tell us something about where you're going? I actually have a couple of new categories and I was just, it's funny you say that because I was, I've designed quite a bit in the past couple of days and I was throwing them into the, like organizing them in my folders. And it's was like, I, I feel like I need to add to the existing categories also. So I have some fun things. Um, <laughs> I always think of the Devil Wears Prada because I have a lot of florals for spring. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because we joke kind of in the needlepoint industry that we don't really have seasons, but we actually really do. So, you know, you're still, sometimes you have to, well, my point in bringing this up is that you have to stitch something so early to get it done and back for Christmas, but people do love stitching in season. And so in the needlepoint, in the brick and mortar world, we do want yeah. to stitch Christmas during Christmas time, even though you're, you know, it's not, the expectation is not that you're going to have that to use during the holiday, but it'll sure. be hopefully for the next year. The next but, one. Um, and I do think that when you're thinking of, when you're designing, you might be inspired just by thinking about the time of year that you'll be displaying it and debuting it and doing all that. So I can understand that as well. And, and it's that's funny. fashion too. They do things. Really. Well, fashion and home decor all comes out like earlier, you know, than when like you're, you're, you're buying it for your store far earlier than what you're selling. And, it. and you're shooting the Thanksgiving dinner spread <laughs> July. So like I'm used to, uh, I say I'm used to it, it uh, getting back on the six month lead, but we did that for the magazine for a number of years where Thanksgiving dinner is, is being shot in July and we're shooting Christmas in, I don't know, August would be too like well August so it's a push and pull I think for me to be designing florals when it's hopefully not snowing anytime soon but you know when the weather's <laughs> changing <laughs> uh so yeah so I have some florals coming for spring I have a couple of things for kids not for kids I guess about kids um let's see I do have some Christmas to add I'm wondering, I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to think about now is the timeline. I was like, do I want to do Christmas? I'll probably add some things to the Christmas line for the spring show, but then there's some summer things that I'll probably do as a pre-order because I won't make the painting deadlines, but, and I don't like, I feel like I have a little bit of wiggle room with that, that if they're available to ship in May, then that is one thing that I think it's hard to stitch beach stuff in December. Maybe people like it because they can <laughs> you know that would be sort of a pull the audience thing and I would say that you're probably going to get like a hundred different answers uh some people like yeah. to stitch in season some people don't some people like to stitch in anticipation of seasons so yep. that they have like their their um you know items finished in time for the season I I don't know it's it's interesting you know um I'm a business owner you're a business owner mm -hmm. and this business has grown and expanded and changed and um, we, we do have to think about the seasonality or the not, or the inventory mm. management and the, um, you know, I think sometimes people, I think fairly think that our jobs are fun because they are, mm. but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pressure 
to, and, and we really have to have more of a business brain. Those of us who are creative and marketers and writers and doing all this stuff, like we also have to like really shift and, and be more like business people, which to me is not fun at all. There's like <laughs> planning and cash flow and inventory management and uh, deadlines for things months in advance that you have to like, yeah, brain to do that. Uh, yeah, especially as a creative, my husband, <laughs> yeah, my family compares me to like, was it Unikitty and Lego when she tries to be a business person, puts on the glasses and was just like business, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. But I'm faking it kind of. Exactly. Are you buying it? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Transitioning between those two. Well, I think you're doing a good job. I mean, you you were able to come to market with a pretty great uh, catalog, I guess, of of items. And I think, did you was it exciting for you to meet you probably hadn't met a lot of people in the industry am I wrong about that or right or no and that's what so when I was in the city Rita's Needlepoint mm-hmm. was where I went to go I mean when I the first probably 10 years in the city we didn't have a Michaels like I didn't have any anywhere to go buy DMC floss so I had gone to Rita's a little bit um but then when we moved out here um I've the Enriched Stitch is my uh local Needlepoint store and we do have quite a few, but like you're only in there a little bit and, and out and all the designers and I chat just regarding what a solitary existence or business this can be, um, especially starting out when you don't know people like DMs and Instagram has been wonderful, but there's a very big difference between seeing people face to face, getting to continue conversations in person and kind of set some of those collaborations or exclusives or just how the hell do you run a payment? You guys like (laughs) level business here. So that was by far, I mean, aside from the sales and, and, you know, recouping some of your in inventory costs, that was by far the best part. And what I'm really looking forward to in Charlotte is an expanded, I hope, uh, attend, no, I guess exhibitor list. Um, because yeah, we're, unless you're within like probably 30, 40 minute radius, we don't really see each other. It's yeah. same thing with store owners now. It's yeah. I mean, the industry is small, um, but it's also isolating is what you're, I think what you're getting at. Yes. And, you know, so many of us, I, I have, uh, been fortunate enough to grow my business to the point of not having to work by myself. I've been able to hire more people, but in the, in the design world, you know, you're just sitting at a desk, which where you are, like you're working and living in that space that you're at right now. Yes. And to your point, you know, I'm a girl, I like technology, but it only goes so far for me, especially as a journalist, mm-hmm. a person who's like, I'm ignited by people and ideas and thoughts, and I can't sit in front of the screen. And so COVID was really rough for me. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's so nice now that we're all getting in person to be in person with our, with our markets and things. And so it's as much um, an opportunity to make sales to your point, as it is to do some networking and yes. You know, uh, like any industry, there's competition, but we're also like, you know, don't you have a canvas that says a rising tide raises all boats? Isn't isn't that a, is that a, you're so close? <laughs> a rising tide lifts all boats. Okay. That's a, uh, isn't it JFK's? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so two I think. Two <laughs> Sorry, say it again. No, I have two designs that say that. One with the flat, one with the nautical flags and one that's just really beautiful type because. It is a small industry and um, 
I mean, I, I just like the quote, but I thought it was a, a poignant thing to keep in mind. I think it's important for everyone to keep in mind, but particularly in an industry like ours, which again, can have some isolated people. And, um, you know, it, it's not, it, it's okay for us to talk about different ideas. And like, you're not, you know, like your designs are way different than the ones that I have through the Citri, for example. And there's no reason why we can't like share ideas and thoughts and business plans. And since, especially I have no idea what I'm talking about most of the time. With business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for somebody that will let me bend their ear about what they know about how to run a business, which is honestly why Melissa and I, um, who, you know, with this podcast have had a lot of opportunity <clears throat> to collaborate because she's more of a business person and I'm more of a marketing person. And uh, excuse, I should say financial person and marketing person. <clears throat> and um, so we're able to kind of collaborate in that way. So are you doing any, you know, a lot of artists do get together and do collabs, you know, as they say now, like, um, you know, like for example, we have in the store right now, we have a stitch rock and Ziggy stitches menorah and like those oh, are fun. fun things to do too. Is there anything, have you thought of any of those at all? Or is that? I've spoken with a couple of designers about maybe some things in the new year. I've actually, I haven't, we haven't moved forward with any of the collabs, but I've gotten to do a couple of exclusives for a couple of stores that I'm working on, which is fun. Um, and that, that actually was something that came up at market as well was we should do something. And that's, that's really like that our styles are similar, but different, and it could be really fun to do this together. And then that, you know, pulls you out of the isolating part where you let's jump on a zoom and let's, you want to get together and do this. And that those are, those are fun things. It is fun. Um, so speaking of that, I think I mentioned to you that to keep gingham in the brain for the nutcrackers. Yeah. I think I did say yes. that. Um, but in the meantime, uh, my again, the your you the, the two chair people of your fan club, Julie and we <laughs> know, are gonna do a stitch along with um I think you were calling them nutcracker A and nutcracker B. I was because I couldn't and, figure out that and I, I didn't know if they should have names or like. 1A, because this is a series that I will add to every year. Like I will have a new nutcracker, at least one every year. And so I just started with A and B until I got further down the road. But well, that wasn't good enough for my uh, shop girls. And so they've now named them, is it Archie and Barnaby? Archie and Barnaby. <laughs> I think we might have like a Charlie and whether you like it or not we will be calling them archie and barnaby because we're going to do a stitch along um and the girls are super I, the girls uh, uh, that's not the right way the two women who have picked up your designs and are <laughs> in charge at our shop we're going to do a stitch along so we're really excited about that um but i also know um you're starting with doing like trunk show you're going to be in a lot of shops and in a lot of people's faces here coming up right Yep. I hope you all are ready for that. I, uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> my current trunk show is at the Red Thread Atelier. Oh, nice. Uh, is she nearby? You? She yes. is. I mean, okay. yes. She, she's a drive, not a flight. Vaughn. Okay. Yes. Vaughn's okay. Vaughn's close enough. Um, the Wool and the Floss in December. Very good. And, and I am booked for all of 2024 and three or four months of 25. Good so, for you. Yeah, That's so yeah. awesome. And having, I, I need to post that. I, I sh I'll, I'll get something up on the feed with my schedule because I was just thinking yesterday, I was like, oh, if, was, if I was going to ask for a gift card <laughs> my <laughs> like, with the holidays, like get all the gift cards and here's where I'll be next year. If you want to not do a no buy month, but just to use my gift card month or whatever. That's so. a great idea. That's a great idea. I love that idea. Yeah. Let us know where they are. Um, and I mean, you guys, in March. Is that right? 
girl. I, I don't know good. what I'm doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's March. I remember yeah. thinking they'll have my pre-orders. Like you guys will have all the things from market as not pre-orders anymore, but as part love of the prompt. that. Love yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you, is there anything else? I mean, I just feel like you're just getting started. You're, this is a lot of fun. You're, you're <laughs> I love the inspiration. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to tell us about, about your business? Mm -hmm. or I'm like, I don't let's see. This was supposed to be like a fun, uh, and it is fun. Like I'm having the time of my life, actually. It's really fun to re-enter the workforce, especially with kids in high school and middle school, and especially girls. Like I've, I've been home with them for over a decade and they're wonderful cheerleaders and happy to see mom doing stuff. And it's fun, fun to be able to do this stuff. It definitely did start as like, let me see if I can paint a few canvases and see what happens. And it went from that to like full-time going to trade shows for five days and buying a putty on Amazon. <laughs> so you, one question I have, so you said yeah. you were not particularly interested in needlepoint. How about your daughters? It's funny. The younger, my younger one has like in moments of absolute gut-wrenching boredom like <laughs> and like what's that <laughs> I would love to be yeah. bored right now yeah, yeah. It's like so and then so we have like a couple of like half finished two by two projects <laughs> which is fine my older one is in and actually the young one is too I I don't envy kids going to school and all the things these days so finding time in between academics and sports and TikTok, uh, we are, we have a full, full roster of, of activities, but neither one of them are super into it, but they're very good cheerleaders. <laughs> they're side, they're good at the sideline. I love it. So yeah. tell me, I have a couple other questions for you. I used to do this where I would do like a, like a, um, fire, like a, like a rapid fire fire. I wasn't prepared for that today, but I do have a couple questions for you. So what are you stitching right now? Are you stitching anybody else's designs or just your own? I am. I'm stitching. Let's see. I have a clutch from initial K like an XO. It's what her pink one. Uh -huh. Uh, I just finished prep setters. Good old day. The good old days. Um, little pennant. Oh, I very cute. rarely stitch 18 mesh. It's funny, which I have like plenty in my stash because like I do look at needlepoint canvases, like kind of like pieces of art or things that are just beautiful that I want to have around. I may or may not get to stitching them. Sure. I have Mopsy's Barbie land. Oh, uh, cute. Yeah. Ready, like pulled out, ready to take to the enriched stitch tomorrow and kit that. That's on 18 counts. You're going to have to get all red for that one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Funny. So preference is 13 count. It sounds like you do not discriminate when it comes to other people's designs. You've got a, a host of other designs. How about on bars or off bars? I'm an on bars girl, unless it's super big. And I think that comes from stitching on a hoop for so many years. But I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's almost necessary in cross stitch to be able to keep your place. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessary in needlepoint, but it is, there is something delightful about being on bars, but I will say there's also something delightful on being off bars and just kind of scooping away. So that's I think I looked the very, that unwind canvas, I didn't stitch on bars. I didn't know that was an option. And I also didn't know how to do basket weave properly. So when I tell you that stitching off bars, my canvas looks like, the, like, I don't, I don't think it can be blocked. I, it's that bad. So that taught me that maybe I'm not so adept at stitching off bars. Well, if it's, getting better. <laughs> if it's all full, there's a chance. There's, 
So I'm not going to tell you we can't do it, but okay. somebody talented out there may be able to. Well, this is super fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, where your art takes you in the coming years. And I think there's a lot, a lot ahead of you, Maggie. So excited to have you in the industry. And um, yeah, thanks for being with us here today. This has been super fun. Well, thank you for all of your support and all of your kind words and all of your advice. And I appreciate our chit chats as well. It's very nice. Absolutely. All right. So if you're joining us now here and, and just watching this great, um, <laughs> well, watching on YouTube, okay. listening on a podcast, perhaps another platform, but uh, be sure to subscribe. So if you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, that'll help you get notification when we have another uh, episode that drops. And if you are listening to us on a podcast platform, be sure to follow us so that you can, again, get information about what's coming up. And you can also find us on Instagram at, at uh, I almost said STL Needle oh my goodness we are pointing it out podcast uh on instagram so have a great afternoon thank you maggie for your time and we will see you again soon pointing it out podcast is a part of the acast creator network for more information please visit us on instagram at pointing it out podcast or subscribe to our youtube channel at pointing it out podcast Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.